Welcome. This is Pastor Danny with Word of Faith Family Church in beautiful Lander, Wyoming. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I pray you will be energized and strengthened as you listen to God's Word. Praise God. Well, good morning. This is a good day. This is the day the Lord's made. Praise God. We get to rejoice and be glad. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, something that was kind of stirred in my heart a little bit today. Um, you know, we walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, there's times, all of us, in situations that we go through, that doesn't feel good. We, uh, you know, our emotions may kind of be twisted a little bit and things going on around us. So what do we do in that situation? Do we just fall apart? No. We stick true to the Word of God that will carry us through every situation. Regardless of what comes along, He's right there with us. God's right there with us to help us in this. doesn't matter what it feels like. That's when we walk truly are walking by faith and not by feelings or by our five physical senses, by sight, what's working around us. Every one of us go through those things. Every one of us... I have situations that uh, uh, that come up that we come up against, and we have to make the decision: what are we going to do in that situation? Now, I will tell you this: that when something comes along, bring me down just a little bit, if you would, please. I'm ringing there a little bit. Uh, when situations come along, immediately how we respond is crucial, um, because it either allows the Word of God to go to work for us and, and, and God to begin to work in our lives, or it gives room for the enemy to go to work. I'll give you a little case in point. Uh, back in 1980, I don't remember, 82, 83, I was working on a job site and uh, was, uh, I was, uh, was an electrician, and... Um, I had a, a tip that goes in your screw gun, and that was before, you know, screw guns really became that, uh, was that popular back then, but we still used them in some facet, and, and I had this tip that wouldn't fit in another tip that I was using, and I thought there was a pair of bolt cutters there on the job, and I thought, I'm just going to cut this back part of it off of it. Well, those are, those are uh, case-hardened steel on those little, those little tips. They're, they're, they're hard, and uh, I went to cut it with a pair of bolt cutters, and when I did, I saw it spark, and a little flake of that steel went off of there, and it went like a dart right through my left eye. And as uh, soon as it did it, I mean, I didn't feel anything, but instantly everything kind of, you know, went dark there, and I knew where it hit. hit. Well, thank God that the... That you know, I'd been serving God long enough in the Word of God. I, I immediately, just as a reaction, and I'm not saying this to put a pin on my chest. I'm just saying, and I'll give you the reason for this here in just a second. I immediately took my hand, put it over my eye, and said, in the name of Jesus, I will not lose my sight out of this eye. I'll not do it in the name of Jesus. Well, that was the very first words out of my mouth. I looked back on that later and I so, said, I'm so thankful for the word of God that rose up in me and I began to declare the goodness of the Lord over my life and I began to speak healing and health. And so um, I, uh, uh, I, I drove uh, down at that time, City of Faith, Old Roberts University. Uh, Pastor Nancy was working there. I had phoned her and I said, hey, I'm coming in and and uh, she met me down at the emergency room down there, and, and they took me in and uh, began to work on me. Well, make a long story short to this day, I wear a contact in that eye, but with a contact, I've got 20, 30 vision out of that eye. Now, it looks kind of funny because you can see the little, little slot there in the eye where the steel went through. Uh, but uh, praise God, I can, I can see out of that eye. And I'm thankful for the word of God. I'm thankful, and, and I can tell you other situations that when they came up, immediately the word rose uh, uh, up on the inside. You've got to have, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? 
you've got to get the word of God in you so in a situation when the chips are down that instantly you, you let the word of God be your fortress in that situation and not lean to your own understanding because there was thoughts going through my mind you know the thoughts were there I, you know you probably lose your sight and blah 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 and all this but I knew that the, our words are valuable to us hallelujah amen and so it's really important and, and, and you can hang around somebody for a little while and you can find out how much words in them. You also find out in a situation when, when things are tough where people are at and how much of the words in them. How much they're in the word and how much the words got in them. The word of God. I mean, you go to, uh, you, you know, I was, uh, we were yesterday at a, uh, a memorial service down in, in, in Farson uh, of a couple that used to attend church here. And I have moved away about 10 years ago uh, to Montana and, and up there. And anyway, uh, uh, the wife has passed away, and so we had a, uh, they had a, a service for her down there. And it was, it was really a special time. And, uh, I, I, you know, in, during times like that and situations, you can tell exactly where a person's relationship with, is with the Lord. And, you know, every time I talk about this, I always say, because it's not about religion, it's about a relationship. I said it's not about religion. It's about this developed relationship with our Father. And out of that comes the peace. Out of that comes the strength. Out of that comes everything we need, uh, regardless of what comes our way. I'm so thankful for God's Word. I'm so thankful for the truth of his word that he's always there for us and in any situation but the only way the word of God is going to rise up into your heart is if you put it there hallelujah you've got to make the time to do it it's got because when you're squeezed what's in you is going to come out hallelujah when the pressure's on there's something that's going to be squeezed out of you and what comes out, hallelujah, it's what you got the most of in you. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. So, saying that to say, we walk by faith and not by sight. Sometimes it don't feel, and we respond by faith. Well, praise God. I just declare what the Word of God says. And you don't feel like responding that way. You feel like responding something totally negative or totally, totally the other way, but you know it's needful. It's important that it gives God something to work with in your life and not the enemy. See, in this world, there's pressures, there's problems. And, uh, and, and it's what we do when the problems come along. Praise God. Turn your Bibles, if you would, please, to uh, James chapter 1, and we're going to start there, starting this new series, um, Why Bad Things Happen to Good People. And uh, this should be something, when someone asks you that question, um, you should get excited about replying to them. You shouldn't, uh, every, every believer, every Christian should easily know what the answer to this, this question is. And so we're going to talk about some things during this series and hopefully by the end of it, you're going to say, you're going to be much more equipped. And, and, and even situations that comes along, you kind of wonder at the, in the beginning why this came along or why this happened. But you'll know real quickly uh, and understand why uh, the things take place that take place to good people in this world. I'll tell you right now... Um, uh, uh, well, let me just say it this way. A lot of people says, so, so uh, I've even had people say, well, well, Pastor, was it my lack of faith in that area? Well, I mean, we all can use more faith, right? We all need to continue to grow in faith. But um, I, I like to say it this way. When you're believing God for something, when you're exercising your faith for something, you don't step into arena, an arena that you're not fully equipped for. You've got to be able to, when you believe God for things, I say it this way, it's got to be something that you're able to wrap your faith around. 
okay? Now, there's many people sometime that might be believing God. They might have a, uh, maybe the doctors gave them a death sentence, or maybe it, it doesn't look good, and, 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 and uh, the prognosis is uh, you're probably going to die, and that that person has never hardly exercised their faith in their life, even for a, 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 a very mere um, uh, healing in their life, or even to be, you know, to battle off a cold or something like that, but yet then try to exercise their faith concerning being able to stay alive. And in other words, that person's not able to wrap their faith around it. Uh, and, 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 and all of us have that po a point in our life that's like, okay, we can go too. And it's, and it's based off of the Word of God. It's based off faith comes how? Thank you, thank you. You, you got it. Those of you that's, that's, uh, that's been uh, here for a while and, and you understand that, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It comes by that word hearing is a repetitious word. It's not by faith comes by having heard. It comes by continual hearing. And, and that's why one day you may hear something, faith arises in there, a fresh allotment of faith comes for that, but tomorrow other attacks and other problems come along. If you don't have fresh faith to be able to, faith can't be stored up. It has to come on a continual basis. You get that? And so, so a lot of people, that's why you can't, you can't just uh, survive. I mean, that'd be like you... Uh, uh, okay, David, we're going to feed you good today, but the other six days of this week, you get nothing. But we expect you to put out every day of the week. We expect you to, to perform. We expect you to do your job, to work, and be a top efficiency all the rest of the week, but you're not getting another lick of, of food all week long. Well, what do you think that's going to look like? What's going to happen? As, it goes, as the week goes along, his performance level is going to go down, down, down. Why? Because he don't have any fuel for, uh, 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 to fuel his machine of his body that he needs. Spiritually, we become the same way in situations. If we're not continually feeding on the Word of God, our performance begins to go down. The enemy, you remember, was that last week? We did the little, you know, the pressure two weeks ago? Well, we did the pressure that in this world you're going to have problems, pressures against you. It's always going to be there. But if you begin to be weak, what happens? The pressure of the world begins to overcome. And I see people, sometimes one of the first things I'll ask people when they, they've been under attack a lot, and uh, it's like, oh, man, it's really bad. I ask them, uh, have you been in the Word lately? How much time have you been spending in your Bible? Because that's your strength. Amen. I said, that's your strength. The Word of God is your strength. It's your help, praise God. Hallelujah. So I said all that to say this, faith can, comes by continually hearing the word of God and we grow in faith. The Bible talks about line upon line, precept upon precept, or teaching upon teaching. We grow, we grow in faith. We grow in the word of God. So there's, you should be stronger in your walk with God and being able to battle off things on a, on a continual basis than uh, today than you were a year ago or two years ago, right? Because we should all grow more in that. And so to say that, it isn't a matter of, of saying, well, that person didn't have enough faith for that. Just stop. Don't even go there. Yeah. And a lot of times, attack uh, people, uh, uh, how the outcome is, you don't know what they're exactly dealing with. You don't know some of the situations and things. But... Uh, the attacks, I can tell you this, in this world are going to come. The problems are going to come. The Bible tells us all, all that, that it's going to come. But he says, nay, and all these things were more than conquerors through Christ that loved us. Amen. And regardless of whether something's working in our life or not, I can tell you right now it's not God's fault. But sometimes there's blockers. Sometimes there's things. We'll get into this. Sometimes unforgiveness is a big thing that can, can stop the Word of God from working in our life. 
disobedience, disobedience to God, just things uh, that, that we know, and especially if the Spirit of God has been dealing with our heart about getting some things right and we don't do it, and then when other problems come along, sometimes we wonder why we're not able to push through because we haven't been obedient to Him to do what we need to do. So there's a, a various... Uh, things that we'll talk about in this series. It's, uh, uh, there's a lot that's in this series. I love to minister on this because I love the light to come on, to see the light to come on in people's lives. I, I've, I've had, uh, you know, I, I remember one uh, couple that, uh, uh, that uh, um, had, had, had lost a little child um, in, uh, in their early years and they, they was a, a believer but they wasn't you know, serving God they said we were ba- just baby basically baby Christians in that and we never, we understood we, we blamed God for it and I sat down with them and told them I said I want to tell you something, God didn't take your child and there's many there's people even religion would say well you know God just needs another child and, and, and another rose in his garden well I say well go get the rose someplace else But my father is not like that. Your heavenly father is not like that. And there's nothing more that the enemy would love to do than to get into your mind and convince you that it was God's fault that this took place. Because what's that going to do? That's going to push you away from God, and that's exactly what the enemy wants. But I can guarantee you that our heavenly father is a loving father. Hallelujah. And he doesn't do these bad things that's been, that he's taken a bad rap for. It's very clear through the Word of God. And will, when we go through all this series, you'll see it more and more come alive on the inside. And to know, okay, I know who your enemy is. If you've ever been in the military, one of the things that you learn real quick is who your enemy is. And who your enemy is not. There's nothing worse than then uh, you begin to fight yourself when you when 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 you become a, 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 a um, you begin to look to one another as as the enemy instead of looking at where the enemy really is where you, who your opponent really is that you're dealing with and so we know that uh, Satan's going to do his very best to excuse himself from the scene if he can see Christians fighting amongst themselves. He knows he's been effective in what he's doing because then they're leaving him alone. But I'm telling you, you have an enemy in this world. The Bible says Satan is the God of this world. And you've got to know that. And right there is a big key. Praise God, why bad things happen to good people. It's a real good start to know that the enemy, Satan, is the God of this world. And we'll we'll go, but but this will be our this will be our our foundation scripture throughout all this series. So if you found James chapter one, let's look at verse six sixteen or verse seventeen here. He it starts out by saying every everybody say every, every. good yes. so every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. There's no, there's no changeability with God. He, God cannot change. He doesn't, that's the, the cool thing about God is that regardless of what day of the week or the time of the, uh, of the day that you ask God something, the answer will always be the same. Hallelujah. That's not... That's not the way we are, sadly, most of the time. But the more that we are more solid, the more we be, and the more time we spend with God, the more we begin to take on His nature. So the more we should be like that, so people need to, uh, so people know what to expect of you and I. Hallelujah. So He says, "What all good and perfect gifts come down from above." From the Father of lights, whom there's no changing with, there's no turning, God did not change. But I want you to do something. I want you to see this because this is so key to this verse. I mean, we can't say all good and then lump some bad things in there, right? Uh, what's all mean? 
uh, don't take a, uh, a Bible scholar to figure that out, does it? All means all. So all, and that's a little word, three-letter word, but it's a big three-letter word. Everybody say it again, all. All. All means all. So all good. Not some good, but all good. All good. I said all good, praise God. Amen. But I want you to see the key to this. Back up one verse. Verse 16. What's that say? Do not err, my beloved brethren. Many people have erred because they haven't seen that God's the author of all good and perfect gifts. So in order for things to be established in this verse, to see the truth of this, there's been, let me just say it this way. If we're told to do not err, there must be people erring. Right? right. It, it, I mean, there's people messing up in this area, or there wouldn't, or that wouldn't be uh, uh, recorded in that way. So he starts out by saying, "Do not err." In other words, don't get it wrong. Know the truth about it. Hallelujah. Okay. Turn to Genesis, if you would now. Genesis chapter one. And uh, let me get over there myself. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Give me just a second here. Thank you, Lord. Uh, let's begin reading in verse 1. Can't back up too much more than that, can you? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. What did he do? And God called, or, okay, or verse, verse 4, uh, and God saw the light, that it was good. Everybody say good. good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and then let it divide the waters from the waters. As we read through this, I want you to take note, and, you, and if you don't have it, I would encourage you to underline this in your Bible. Every place, every scripture that starts out in, in, in with a connotation that like in verse 3, and God said. Okay? Verse 5, and God called. Verse 6, and God said. See that? See a, a, a pattern developing here? What did God do? He created with the very words of his mouth. This world was out without form and void, and God spoke out of that and created that. Are you a child of God? Well, guess what? The M.O. for us is the same with him. He gave us a mouth to speak. Words are powerful. I said words are very powerful. Our tongue, James talks about how it's able to turn about the whole, whole course of nature. How it's so powerful the tongue is able to set on, on fire the whole course of nature. If you don't believe it, have you ever heard anybody use their words in a negative way against you? It cuts, hurts, and those words can't be taken back. So always remember that we have a, one of the most powerful weapons ever known to man is the tongue. And you, 
and a mature person, that's part of being a mature person, is learning how to control the tongue. Hallelujah. Been quiet in here now, because it's the truth, right? And so our words are powerful. The little saying that's such a lie, straight from the pit of hell, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words could never hurt me. What a terrible lie. But words can build up, can strengthen. Did you know that you're valuable and you're precious? You're special and you're important to God. Hallelujah. I'm speaking those words to you and I mean it. You're valuable and you're precious. You're special and you're important to God. We were sharing this yesterday with somebody on our trip uh, in the car and, and talking about how that how that there was a lady, there is a lady, a friend of ours down in Oklahoma, and when I was associate pastor down there, I would, I, I God gave me that, uh, uh, you know, to say, and and uh, it's kind of been a, a mantra of mine because it's so real to me that you're valuable and you're precious, you're special and you're important. When I say it, I mean it. And this lady, they had went down uh, to. Uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was Mexico or someplace and down at the ocean, Gulf or somewhere. And she had just been through, uh, they were going through all kinds of stuff in their marriage and their home and everything. And she had just, she was just, she was, she was bothered mentally with some things. And when she got down there at the ocean, her, her, her goal was to go out into the ocean and never come back. She had made that decision. That was it. And as she started to go out into the water, the further out she went, she heard these words, you're valuable, you're precious, you're special, and you're important. It stopped her in her tracks. And she began to weep, and she turned around and came back. It saved her life. Words. So don't ever think the words that you speak aren't important. God used them to create this world, and it's not going to fall apart until he's done with it. Hallelujah. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, verse 6, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God, God called the firmament, <coughs> excuse me, heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the day dry land appear, and it was so. And God called, see, he keeps speaking, the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters called the seas, and God saw that it was good. How many times do we see that when he created something, he created it and it was good? You don't see anything being bad. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day, and God said, Let there be lights in the firmament uh, of the heavens to divide the earth from the night, and let them be... Uh, uh, be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light upon the earth, and it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night, and he made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give, uh, to give a, a light upon the earth, and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good. And still is to this day. 
and the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that uh, may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moves, and the waters brought forth abundantly after their land or after their kind, and, and every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the waters in the seas, and let fowl multiply in the earth. So anytime you go fishing, anytime you go fowl hunting, thank you, Lord. You filled the earth with it. Praise God. Amen. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth a living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and the beast of the earth after his kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creeps upon the earth, and his kind, and God saw that it was good. So he didn't make the bad stuff. Hallelujah. Know this, that every time God creates, every time God does something, the enemy's right there to try to provide a, 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 something to imitate him, but the difference is what God makes is good. Praise God. Amen. You remember the uh, Pharaoh, the former Pharaoh, when uh, Moses uh, uh, did what God told him to do, and then the you know, the magicians, they come out and they had their own, but guess what? The good outweighed the bad. Praise God. And God said us, like, let, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which of the fruit of a tree-yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat, and to every beast of the earth, to every fowl of the air, to everything that creeps upon the earth, therefore uh, therein there is life. I have given every green herb and meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Everybody say very good. Very. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day after all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. And because that in it he had, he had rested from all his work which God created and made. These are the generations of the heaven and the earth which were created in the day which the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth, watered the whole face of the ground, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And that, if you go back to the... To the um, going along with what I talked about of how our words are so powerful when you go back to the original that living soul it says and God create, uh, and man became a speaking spirit don't ever forget that go look it up yourself man became a speaking spirit a living soul a speaking spirit you and I were made to speak the right things amen and the Lord God planted a garden therein in Eden and there he put man whom he had formed and out of the ground which the Lord God uh, made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food 
and the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became, came into two heads. Um, let's see, where do I want to stop here? Let's go... Um, Let's look down, look at, uh, uh, let's skip down to verse 15 real quick. And the Lord God put, took the man, put him into the garden um, of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So we, we're going to just stop right there for sake of time. I could go on some other things. But we see through this process that what God created was good. And after he created what was good, what did he do? He put man to guard, to keep, to watch over it, the garden. So basically what we see is that God placed man, made this garden, made the earth, created man in it, and, and gave man dominion over what he had created. What a high place that was that he set man in. Imagine if you were Adam. Imagine if you were Adam and God set you there and said, I've made all this here for you. I'm putting you in charge of it. That's a great, great, uh, uh, not only honor, but it's a great responsibility. Well, guess what? It didn't take very long for the enemy to realize, hey, this isn't good. Because Satan had fell from heaven. He was very prideful. And he knew that this was going, things were going awry here, that God, because we understand that God's purpose was to create a kingdom of God here on planet Earth. And the creation of a kingdom, what a king does, is he creates a, 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 or, or has another place that he wants to populate and to be just like heaven so now we see that's exactly what the king done he he made a place like heaven and why is all this when he spoke all this out over it why why was earth created this way because earth was created off of heaven everything you see that he created here is you're going to see in heaven that's what he was doing. He was creating a, a, a kingdom here on this earth to be just like heaven. Now, the next thing to do would be is he needed mankind upon the earth to populate the earth. And as it began to populate, it would be grown up to be just like heaven. And, those, and that man that he placed there would be his ambassador, right? And so what did God do? He put mankind there and he blessed man and he gave him a command to multiply and increase in the earth to make it just like heaven. And so then God would, would funnel what's needed through his ambassador to cause that uh, everything to come up in this, this, this kingdom that he had created to be just like heaven, praise God. So what do you see in heaven is exactly what God's plan was to be up on the earth. Well, how many of you know that uh, when the enemy saw that, he says, I got to get in here some way. And so what happened? The enemy came in, deceived Eve, Adam and Eve, and in doing so, they disobeyed God and obeyed Satan. When they done that, immediately the very dominion, the lease that God gave man, man turned it right over to Satan by their obedience to him and disobedience to God. Because remember that God spoke to man and he said, if you eat of this tree from this day, you'll surely die. Well, we know that physically they didn't die, but the word death means separation from God. And at that very moment, what happened? Man become distinct or separated from God himself. It's a sad day. Well, so what happened? So now 
that mankind had been separated from God, did that stop God? No. God began to devise a plan to get mankind back to himself again. But what we see happen here is a big key. A couple things here is a big key of this why do bad things happen to good people. Number one, the curse came upon the earth. Darkness came up on the earth. Satan, and, and still to this day, the Bible says Satan is the God of this world. God owns it, but he doesn't have the lease on it. I remind you, God's a legal God. That's why he can't just come down in the earth and do whatever thing that he wants to do without there being an access in some way to do it because Satan has the lease on this earth. God still has the owners, but legally Satan has the lease upon the earth because man gave it to him. But what did God, how did God make mankind? He made mankind with a will to choose. He didn't make us a bunch of robots. He gave us, he made us free will agents. He gave us a choice, a chooser to make. So that's a key number two, the choices that we make. The choice that mankind made that day was not a good choice, but still God had to honor because he made man that way. He couldn't say, nope, no, 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 you, you, you messed up here, I'm taking it back. He couldn't because he had given mankind. That's why the angels, even when they looked at mankind, they marveled amongst themselves and said, God, why is this, or, or who is this created being that you made a little lower than yourself, Elohim God? The word, there's angels, but when you look at it, it's the word Elohim in the original. is God himself. God made this, this created being like himself and, and put him just under himself. And the angels are just a, 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 in, dis, in dismay. But who is this created being? That God loves so much and put him in such a place of high esteem that he gave him authority over, over the garden, over this whole earth. And then, and then mankind made the bonehead decision to obey Satan instead of God. And still paying for it today. But it was made by a choice of a man. So think about the, that next time you go to make a choice. Man made the worst choice he could have made in that beginning. You may have made some bad choices. Thank God, God always has a plan and works, but we have to get our heart right, praise God, and ask for forgiveness and get back on track again. He'll help us. Amen. He will because he loves us. But to this very day, mankind has, has made choices. And you and I make choices. So today, as Satan, and, and I'm about out of time here, I have just a few more minutes to kind of get to a stopping place here. Hallelujah. <laughs> so here's, here's man that he gave a will to, to choose, to make choices, right choices. He made a wrong choice. And, uh, and, and it, it allowed the enemy to come in the earth, begin to work in the earth, a curse to begin to work upon the earth. So here's man today. Now let's fast forward. We just celebrated Easter, praise God, Resurrection Sunday, amen. amen. That was the finale of, of that part of the plan of God. Satan did not know how that a spotless lamb would come into the, the earth and would be born, would walk amongst men, be tempted in all points like unto we are, the Bible says, and yet he, he didn't miss it, and he laid his life down freely. His blood was shed, praise God, and, and, and in doing so, now man could look upon the cross, receive of the blood, the finished work of Jesus, and, and, and his sin would be, uh, would be blotted out, praise God. And for once and for all, his heart would be changed. And where this person grew up in uh, uh, 
being you and I, grew up into a world of sin, came through life in living in this world that Satan is the God of, and Satan being, our heart being dark by living in this world of sin, yet in the middle of it, we said, God, and we cried out, we looked upon the cross, we cried out for the blood, blood, uh, Jesus, come and wash my heart, praise God, cleanse me from this. Our heart was reborn, our spirit man on the inside, the speaking spirit that God spoke of man, who he was on the inside, was reborn, took on the nature of God instead of the nature of the world, became a new creature in Christ Jesus. Wow. Now that's who you and I are after we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We've been made. The Bible says, old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become brand new. That doesn't look like the old, praise God. And so in doing so, what happens? We have been, uh, on the inside of us has worked, has begun to be changed just like Adam was in the very beginning in the garden. Now we have been born through legal means the right way uh, uh, through a human being here on this earth. We have rights here on this earth. We have authority here upon this earth. And now we've asked Jesus to come into our heart. Satan can't stop that because we activate our chooser, our will, our choice, and Jesus comes into our life, changes, makes a change on the inside, and now a part of him lives upon the earth through us. And what we say, we have authority now, and we say, God, I give you authority. I ask you. That's why the Bible says that he can't do anything unless we ask. We give him authority, Jesus' authority again. Say, Jesus, we're asking you to work. In, I'm asking you to work in my family. Satan has to step back, fold his hands, even though he's the God of this world, can't do anything about it because legally we have been, we're placed here. Legally, we have a right to ask God to work in our life. God has a right legally to work in through us, through our bloodline, through our family. All of a sudden, things begin to happen around us in a world that Satan dominates but now people are rising up and taking their authority in Christ Jesus and living and pushing back the works of darkness because the greater one lives in him hallelujah see our will is very important but God can't will, will not and cannot override the will of mankind and when we ask him to come and work, Satan cannot do a thing about it. That's why he needs you to ask. A lot of people don't know why, don't even know the answer to why, if God knows everything uh, that I need or everything, why do I have to ask? That's exactly why. It's a, it's, it has to do with legal means. And that's why we need to do a lot of asking. God, we're asking. We're asking you to come and work in my family. I'm asking you to come and work in my business. I'm asking you to come and work in my, uh, uh, where I work, praise God. I'm asking you to come and work in my community. Glory to God. And it allows the Spirit of God to do it, and Satan can't stop God from doing that. Hallelujah. And I, so I know some of you, the light's already going on. I can see a little bit where this is headed, uh, why bad things happen to good people, because we live in a fallen world. But it's important for the choices that we make. And we can blame God all we want for, for the bank repossessing our vehicle or something like that, but God had nothing to do with the decisions, the stupid decisions we make. Or do we making decisions that wasn't under the wisdom of God or under his direction? Many things that happen in our life, bad things happen in our life because of bad choices that we've made. And as we continue to grow in God and continue to grow in the word of God, we should be learning how to make better choices. Amen. I said we should be learning how to make better choices. Hallelujah. All right, let's get, to a, let's get to a stopping place here real quick. Thank you, Lord. To create means to bring something or somebody into existence. To make means to assemble something from parts. 
you make something, you make it from something that's already made. Of, it's a form of reusing what's been made. Many people say that God made the world. No, he didn't make the world. He created the world. That means that God created something with nothing. In the words of his mouth. He didn't have parts laying around, decided to make the world. No, he, he didn't have anything, but he created. Just think how awesome that really is. When you, there might be not be a job there, but you begin to speak in Jesus' name. I declare I'll have the work that I need when I need it. Praise God there. And what happens? God creates it. Hallelujah. The blessing was spoken to mankind. Be fruitful and productive. Multiply and replenish. Subdue it. To have dominion over it. God's mandate for mankind was a fellowship with God. That was big to God. God took time off of his schedule to come down and fellowship with man in the garden. Don't ever think God don't have time for you. He does. He loves mankind. We're creating his image and his likeness. Guess what? He needs our fellowship. We need his fellowship. Hallelujah. Relationship and partnership, just real quick. So, Nick, here's Riggin. All right? He's your son, right? Say one day Riggin does something stupid or does something and... And it's not a happy moment around your house. You have to do a little correction. All of a sudden, Riggin's not talking to Daddy now. Matter of fact, you're not kind of wanting to talk to him either for what he did. Kind of go your, your ways a little bit. But not, let me ask you something. Is he still your son? Does he still have the name Day? Still your son? Just... <laughs> That was not the right thing to say. <laughs> Some of you didn't say that, and I am not going to repeat it. <laughs> no. Okay, let's start this over again. No. <laughs> Maybe we need to say, uh, okay, Nick and Ayla instead of <laughs> Nick and Reagan. All right, so, he, so let me ask you this. He's, he's still your son. So what was broken there? Was, was relationship broken? No, because he's still your son. Was fellowship broken? Yes. If Reagan comes and says, Daddy, I'm sorry. Oh. Instantly what happens? Fellowship is restored. So there's a difference between relationship and fellowship. Hallelujah. That day when man made the decision to go after God, he decided to not be under God's rule. And that very day, even though he was mankind, his, not only his relationship, but his fellowship, I mean, his, not only his fellowship, but his relationship was, was destroyed. He died that day. He was separated from God. And that's why Jesus had to be the one to come back in. And that's why he's, Jesus is referred to as the second Adam. Okay? And not only then did he restore that uh, relationship, now, when you, the day you accepted Jesus, your Lord and Savior, you come into relationship with God, right? You're now his son or his daughter. You can never get out of relationship again. But you can get out of fellowship. And what's it take to get back into fellowship? I'm sorry. See, when during this time that Riggin is out of fellowship with you, you can't discuss some of the more intimate things of a family working and everything how much you love him how much he loves you and so on and so forth when that when that fellowship is broken even though he's still your son and so the 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 fellowship 
the the uh, 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 the fellowship together the has to be restored before the closeness can come back in again. So that's why God yearns that when we miss it, that we quickly run to him and say, Daddy, I'm sorry. Yeah. Because he loves us so much. Hallelujah. All right. So God put him in charge. God, God put man down to work with the animals and creation around. God really invested a lot in creation, didn't he? He's invested a lot in us. It was, it was all good, very good. No defects, no sickness, no aging, no sin, no sorrow, no pain, no perverseness, no death. It was all made for mankind. For man's likes, for variety, abundance, comfort, security, love, acceptance. It was all made for us. God didn't do it for himself. I'll run through those again. It was all made for man's likes, his variety, his abundance, his comfort, his security. His love and his acceptance. I've said this before. Those of you that's dog lovers, aren't you glad he didn't just make one kind of dog? I don't like that breed, but I like this one. Somebody else, vice versa. Cat lovers, guess what? He didn't make just one kind of cat. How many of you like to just watch the birds? God's got some beautiful birds. Aren't you glad he didn't just make one kind? Did he make them for him? No, he made it for us because he loves us so much. So he created this mankind and gave us dominion over this earth. Praise God. So what are we going to do in our life together when something bad comes along? Number one, make good choices. If mankind took the time to ponder his actions on a choice, there'd be more, there'd be a lot less mistakes made. How much better would every one of us in this room be had we made better choices? You say, well, I think I've made pretty good ones, but you know, you really get to thinking about it, you come up with a couple of bonehead ones. I know, Ayla, you thought it was his choice. <laughs> he thought it was your choice. No. <laughs> we all do, and, but we should be growing in that. And as the more that we mature, the more that we grow in our relationship with God, the more we depend upon his wisdom and his direction so that we do make the right choices. Let's stand our feet. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So we're going to get into a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of things in, in, uh, in, in life sometimes, and, and we'll be in this series that we talk about, uh, that uh, uh, have to do with the reason things are the way they are, the why they turn out, and sometimes the way that, that things happen. It's not, it's not cut and dried. So before you go blaming God for things, Know the truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Because God's a good God. He loves us and have, has good plans for our life. And I ask you just to stay with me, praise God, on this series and stay with us, that those that teach this as well, and you'll get some good stuff out of this, praise God, and you'll be able to hopefully look back and say, okay, I know exactly why that took place. I know exactly why that happened. You know, sometimes we do things and we make choices because of, of, uh, and even wrong choices because of lack of, of knowing something. Uh, guys, I'll talk to you for a little bit. How many of you have taken the dash of your car apart and broke something in doing so? 
Don't raise your hand because that'd be all the men in here probably. <laughs> Isn't it really frustrating when you get done, oh, get it busted, and then you realize, oh, there was a screw there. If I'd have took that screw out, I'd have saved it, right? Or there was a clip there. Derek, I know you've never done it. I see you smiling there. <laughs> oh, it was joy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, she just tears up the the the, the, the big stuff, the axles and. <laughs> and uh, but now, thank God for Google, right? We can Google. Oh, it tells you that's there, so you don't do that. I had a, a guy pull the head off my a little 22R engine in my Toyota one time, and he was helping me, and, and we took all the head bolts out, and I was underneath working on something, and I heard this snap, and I thought, that didn't sound good. I come out, and I said, what was that? And he said, oh, I don't know why. And I said, he said, I'm trying to get this head off of it. And I said, well, did you take the bolt out in the front, down inside by the by the timing chain no and looked down there oh that's what I'm missing when I got the head off guess what it was snapped because he had tried to pry it off of there well that's a that's kind of a big a big mistake <laughs> but you, if you don't know you ask somebody that might know or find some information sometimes I'm talking about making choices that kind of affect us in the long run hallelujah Man, Google's free. Use it. <laughs> it, does, it, it you know, but it doesn't mean that everything that you see there is accurate either, so check it out, okay? <laughs> Even sometimes how to do something and somebody doesn't, it's like, why do they do that? And then you find another video. They didn't watch this video. <laughs> they would have learned. <laughs> But so information is a big part. Sometimes the mistakes we make and stuff is because we don't know certain things. I'm not going to ask you if you ever made any mistakes raising your kids. Uh, you know, before Google, there was mama or grandma or something, right? And uh, you found out that children didn't come with a handbook, how to raise them. Now, there's some things that's just the individual things that, you know, the Word of God might not specifically address that you need, but somebody's been through that area. Well, guess what? If there's wisdom available, if there's knowledge available, use it. Why is it that, that you know, do you want to, uh, uh, Ayla, do you want a doctor, you know, cutting on you or anything, and he comes in and says, well, no, I just got a GED. I don't. That's the fullest of my education, but I watched a couple of YouTube videos. I can do this. No. You want some knowledge under his belt, right? And really, the more he's done it, the more that you trust. And, you know, you want you research and you find somebody, man, this doctor does 50 of these a day, no big deal. Oh, okay, well, that, there's comfort in that, right? And so, so the more that we, the more that we, operate in something and work in something we should be getting better at it praise God okay enough of that thank you Lord thank you Lord praise God everybody here born again here today praise God if Jesus is your Lord raise your hand up praise God thank you Lord look if there's somebody beside you don't have their hand up talk to them hallelujah thank you Lord Jesus because we don't want to we don't want any like I said this is not about real a religion this is about a relationship hallelujah if Jesus is not your Lord I'm telling you you can change that real quickly let the blood call on the blood praise God to wash you make you clean and then just believe him for good choices right father I just pray over this congregation today I thank you father God thank you for for plainly stating in scripture and through your word why bad things happen to good people. You tell us 
And you also said not to be ignorant of Satan's devices or unknowing, unlearned about it. And so, Father, we're learning. And, Father, we want to be, we want to be sharp. We want to know. If there's things that we're not making the right choices and we haven't made the right choices on, we ask you to forgive us, to cleanse us in those things. Because, Lord, our heart, we want our heart to be in a right place to make right choices. We ask for your leadership in our life, your help in our life. And we just serve notice on Satan. Satan, we want you to know you have no right in our lives or in our families or our businesses or in our communities in the name of Jesus. You're under our feet. You are defeated. God lives in me, and I have a right to ask him for direction. I have a right to ask him for help and for intervention in the situations, and Satan, you can't do anything about it. You're under our feet. And now, Father, we just give you all the thanks and praise. Thank you for being such a good God. I ask you, Father God, for, to minister to every heart here today, helping in those areas that need help. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We just come against that discouragement, and we say, discouragement, you go. In Jesus' name. It's been a joy having you with us today. We pray you've been blessed by spending the time in God's Word. Always remember, you're valuable and precious, special and important to Him.